Hey, you're listening to Just Punk Enough. I'm your host, Andy Harrison. Thanks for joining me tonight. You're listening to KMVC 95.1, Carson City Community Media, your alternative. It is still cold out there. I say that every show. It's going to warm up soon, though. Uh, thank you for joining me, Carson City. I appreciate it. And uh, tonight I have a uh, uh, first hour. I did an interview with a buddy of mine, uh, Scott Hallquist, and uh, he's in 10 Foot Pole now. And if you like punk rock, you should know who 10 Foot Pole is. Influential band. So there's a song that uh, he plays called Dominoes and his other band, DC Fallout. It's one of my favorite songs. So I'm going to start the show with that, and then we're going to jump right into this interview, 45-minute interview. And uh, be aware, there's a little clicking on his end on his microphone, uh, kind of a janky set setup, but it's punk rock, so it's going to work. So check it out. Let's go with DC Fallout, Dominoes, and then we're going into this interview.
All right. Well, I just just want to talk about some like your history and you know stuff like that if you're down for it. Yeah, man. Whatever you want, whatever helps. I'm you know all totally down. I got a pretty janky setup here going on, but it'll, it'll <laughs> hey, man, it, it, it works, man. That's cool. <laughs> so tell me, let's let's start by like. Um, Tell me, like, what was your, like, first influence of, like, music and punk rock? You know, what kind of opened you up to that genre? It was, dude, it was, it was kind of the first uh, sort of influence of both, like, at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I was in third grade, however old you are, when you're in third grade, um, uh, my buddy's friend, uh, no, my, my buddy's older brother uh, gave him a suffer. Uh, Bad Religion Suffer on cassette. Oh, okay. And uh, so he made a copy for me. And um, then we listened to that. And uh, I remember my parents took it away a couple times because it yeah. had all the curses <laughs> in it. And then, uh, yeah, and we just kept making copies of it. So yeah. they kind of gave up that that war. But that was the first time uh, that it was like, whoa, this is, I haven't heard this on the radio. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah it was something different. Yeah. So that's kind of what cool. got me. And yeah, that was the first, like, thing that I enjoyed. That's um, a good. Uh, that's a good one to get into, like to be bad. exposed to first. You know what I mean? Now I know where all your political stuff comes from. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> call it a precursor to all that. But um, yeah. I mean, by comparison, my first CD was uh, Michael Jackson's History. So yeah. there's there's the other side of it. Anyone who knows me, so yeah, I uh, I definitely had some some CDs like that too. One of my first CDs was uh, Black or White. Yeah, know, Michael Jackson. Absolutely. It's, it's too good, man. Like it's, it's absolutely too good. So, you know, I got into it. So what other, uh, so where was that? Where did, where did you hear that first? I mean, where'd you grow up? That was in a real small town called Heartland, Wisconsin. Ah, okay. Yeah. So what else, what other bands and stuff do you remember at that time that you're like, okay, now that you found out about bad religion, what was next? Dude, it was such a hodgepodge for me. Like such yeah. um yeah, like I kinda liked a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, I mean, dude, I liked MC Hammer back at the same yeah. time. Um me too. <laughs> yeah, like that was that was huge for me, dude. Um yeah. I mean I dressed up like MC Hammer for Halloween once. <laughs> it was like with the hammer pants and everything. Yeah. Yeah. And uh That's awesome. Yeah. And then um oh man, what else was I was into? Um I was big into Foo Fighters when they came out. Yeah, um, and I, yeah, big into Foo Fighters. I, I really liked the presidents uh, of the United States of America. Oh yeah, yeah, I, that guy played with what two bass strings, dude. Totally. I, I yeah. like from a young age. Their first album, I loved. Um, I heard, I heard he played with two strings. I heard somewhere that he was friends with the guy from Morphine, and they both kind of played like weird. I uh, mean that wouldn't surprise me or something like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like, I feel like sound a lot alike. Yeah, if you're gonna do that, I feel like you're gonna hang with other people who do that too. Yeah, <laughs> totally. there's only a couple of you guys. Totally. Um, yeah, dude. Then it was a big metal phase. Got really into Metallica for a long, long time. Yeah, and uh, bad. I mean, super into Bad Religion. Uh, yeah. Really into anything political punk, like anti-flag, you know, uh, anything with a, you know, old AFI, which wasn't really political, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Do you remember, like, your first uh, punk rock show? Also Bad Religion. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. cool. Uh, on their New America tour was... That was in Wisconsin? Yeah, that was in Milwaukee. Yeah. 
Um, oh, that's cool. This club called The Rave, which is a really okay club, but they get a lot of, you know, the kind of bands that I liked growing up. So, yeah. Uh, no, I went with my brother, and um, it was, I mean, it was great. Yeah, blew our minds. How, how, old, how old were you? I think I was 14, and he was 12. Yeah. So. Do you remember any... Um, uh, opening bands like local Milwaukee punk bands. Uh, dude, I, I I know nothing about Milwaukee music. <laughs> That's why I'm asking. Oh, okay. So I guess a little punk rock history you could go to. Um, yeah, I, I played in a high school band called Octane, uh-huh. um, which was like my high school punk rock band. Yeah, and uh, we played with another town, another local town uh, punk rock band called um, Pleasantville, and uh-huh. uh, that was I think, wait, no, Pleasant Street, no, it was Pleasant Street. Yeah, and uh, that was uh, Nick Woods of Direct Hit was in that band. Oh, okay. So we played. Wow. Yeah, so we used to uh, just little kind of smile. I think some of the guys from. Uh, Mast Intruder. I think we played yeah. with a couple of their bands growing up too. Because um, the punk scene in southeastern Wisconsin is not exactly large, yeah. Uh, but there are some cool places down there. Um, I just can't remember specifically who it would have been for that show. Anti Flag seemed to roll through a lot. Um, yeah, we saw a great bill one time with them in Hot Water Music when they were on their oh, Caution cool. tour. Um, that was totally awesome. Uh, that's good. So one. yeah, that's great. I uh, I remember. I regret uh, when uh, Hot Water Music and Bouncing Souls did that split and they went on tour together. And I didn't go. I, somehow I, I messed up, dropped the ball, and didn't see that. I still regret it to this day. Dude, that may have been the tour. That may have been the tour that yeah. that I think Anti Flag played that Milwaukee show. Yeah, and I think cool. that might have been it. Yeah, if I don't recall, yeah. but yeah. So when did you like pick up an instrument? Uh I mean, when I was young, man, I st- I played a little piano when I was in like first grade. Well, I mean, were you exposed to it? Like, was your family, like, super musical? Was it just something that you picked up on your own? Family's not musical at all. Um, No, yeah, my mom and dad uh, don't play anything. Um, I'm able to sing because of my dad. He's got a voice uh, and just doesn't realize. He's got a great ear for melody and and whatnot. But, But no, I just, you know, my parents just put me in that stuff in school and saw that I excelled a little bit and, um, so they always, you know, had me practicing something or another. So I, th- right. I mean, the first instrument was piano um, uh-huh. or singing. Singing would have been right there, too, like doing solos in first grade because, hey, look, this little kid can hit a right <laughs> note. Like, let's yeah. put him in front of people. He doesn't yeah. hit himself. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, yeah, then like trumpet. But the first like instrument that got me into rock music was drums. Oh, really? Yeah. my uh, Was it? Oh, what's up? Now go ahead. My go ahead. buddy, um, who uh, same buddy who exposed me to bad religion, uh, just told me to head over to his house one day. He's got a surprise, and uh, his brother uh-huh. had a friend who had a drum kit there or something, so he could play like power chord guitar. And and I just sat down and took like a minute to kick out some basic drum beats, and you know, that's cool. And ended up getting a better kit eventually. And you know, that's so. I, yeah, I started in drumming, so I did that for about ten years. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, dang, that's crazy. So do you play it all now? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, 
anything DC Fallout releases right now or um, various other projects that I'm just doing uh, yeah. with my roommate and other friends, uh, I'll oh, do the cool. I'll do the drums for. It's really basic. Yeah. I'm not any good anymore, but oh yeah, yeah. I hear <laughs> you. Know, you. I but could, I mean, ten years of doing something, you, you got to know a little bit, you know. Still. Yeah, I mean, I can sit down and play some rock music. So yeah. Yeah. So then, so you decided to pick up the guitar after that, or were you playing drums in bands, or? Yeah, yeah. played drums in bands. Um, were you playing drums in octane? Yeah, I was playing drums and and splitting lead vocals. We had two lead singers. Oh, okay. So um, stuff style. Yeah, and then um, eventually our lead singer uh, didn't want to do it anymore, so I just lead sang. Yeah. And um, I moved out to L.A. with kind of i just picked up guitar when i moved out to la in um, uh-huh. 2007 and um and I, I did that just to learn how to songwrite because i figured yeah. i probably should and i couldn't really why? yeah i couldn't really play anything else so why'd you move you can't you couldn't find any serious musicians in milwaukee back yeah. then so it- Gotcha. So you were you were you were making the move because you wanted to play music. Yeah, for sure. Like we'd yeah. we'd have a band, and I mean we'd have a we'd have all the logistics settled. We'd have trailers. We'd have everything we needed to tour, and then guys would back out last minute because it got like too yeah. real for them. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll always say that Milwaukee has some of the most talented musicians on the planet who have no clue that you can make a profession out of that. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. It's yeah, it's tough to find like-minded people, man. They're willing to go all the way. Yeah, um, and I mean, you know, more power to them. They all are probably more financially successful than I am right now. But right. <laughs> um, that's <laughs> not... live the dream, bro. Exactly, dude. <laughs> so, so you moved to LA, and then did you form DC Fallout there? Is that was, was like, is that what happened? Originally, that was uh, in Milwaukee with uh, oh, okay. my brother. We put out our very first record that I just recorded out of our basement. Um, we like drilled a hole through the floor we were renting. Like we pulled up no the carpet. <laughs> we just pulled up the carpet, drilled a hole, and ran a snake through it. <laughs> and then, uh, no kidding. Yeah, and then uh, just used our basement as a recording studio. <laughs> was that is that what is is that retreat? That album? No, that it's a it's a uh, it's called it's called uprooted and rotten. Oh, okay. And uh, yeah, there's probably fifty copies left or something like that. I think really? I, I, I may still have them. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> is it a lot different than what DC turned into? No, you know, honestly, it's it's uh, it's pretty much par for the course um oh really yeah you we had a different guitar player uh, my brother was uh. still in it but we had a different other guitar player at the time and um he uh, my good friend ryan uh and it was still pretty kind of what you would expect out of here in that band sort of the melodic punk rock thing yeah kind of riffy yeah. kind of thing yeah so then you moved to la and then formed the band there yeah, so I moved to L.A. and messed around with um, some other musicians for about a year and a half, two years. I played in a band called Raised Under Reagan for a minute. And, okay. um, yeah, and after that, uh, uh, just my brother moved out here to go to grad school at USC. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just formed up DC Fallout from there. Um, found our bass player on Craigslist. Um, uh, Ricardo ended up being our – Ricardo ended up um, – playing drums to replace our permanent drummer um mm-hmm. 
just for a tour. Uh, he was kind of a yeah. backup, but we had such a good time with him that it was like, oh, yeah, this is great. Like, you got to play with us. So, yeah. So was that when you guys recorded Retreat? Yeah, Retreat was the first, it was like the second iteration of the band, I guess. Yeah. Um, our second, yeah, our second drummer, uh, his name was Ryan Cox. Uh, mm-hmm. He recorded the drums for that. And, um, um, yeah. I got you. Do, so do you remember where or what studio or where you recorded that? Was it like, was it like pro studio at this point? Were you guys just kind of still in your basement type deal? Uh, we went to a small city studios, which was um, a smaller studio, uh, I think in uh, like Covina or something. I don't know. Yeah. Duarte or something. I don't know. Somewhere in the, in the, in, uh, you know, the Inland Empire. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was okay. It was um, it was basically uh, just a big Pro Tools rig with some outboard yeah. gear. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, but it was within our budget too. So we uh, uh, yeah, we had a good time there. It was also um, we, we had to get it mixed on the fly because we ran out of time doing some stuff, and so he did a pretty oh, good yeah. job at that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, Surfs Up came out after that, right? That's just an EP, right? Yeah, Surfs Up was six songs that we did. Um, yeah, we just did that. We followed it up right away because we thought we had upgraded our sound so immensely, and we had the Warp yeah. Tour coming up, um, so we wanted to really, really put something good out for that. Was uh, Blake in the band by this time? or No. Um, Blake, we started... I mean, it, was still, it was still your brother? Or? Yeah, it was still my brother playing the other uh-huh. guitar. Um, gotcha. We were thinking about going to a five-piece for a minute. Yeah. Um, so we had talked to Blake, uh, and he actually came in to play with us as a five piece um, before Warp Tour, mm-hmm. but it just didn't feel right. We were so much more used to playing a four piece, and we decided we'd be a lot tighter that way. Yeah. Um, so uh, it didn't end up working out that way. But then when my brother left, you know, we talked to him again, like, dude, you know, now he's gone, and and he was getting done with college at the same time. So yeah, it, yeah so it kind of worked out that when my brother left, he joined up. How so. did the uh, warp tour thing happen? Uh, it was actually really funny. Um, my brother correctly summarized that most of the people in the baby boomer generation uh, have one email address that they have their entire lifetime. <laughs> So he correctly guessed Kevin Lyman's email address <laughs> and sent oh, him awesome. and sent him a uh, just an EPK basically. <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, we got an email back that said, "Cool, we're looking for young bands." And um didn't hear anything back till 9 months later and we got a when they, you know, when the contract was sent to us and whatnot. That's so, cool. How how was it? Like as it was awesome. Yeah, it was yeah. it was great, man. It do you was, remember, um, like, what cities and stuff? Um, I mean, did you do the whole thing, or were you just, like, part of a leg of it? Or Yeah, it was part of a leg. We did uh, yeah. Midwest and East Coast and two okay. two Canada dates, Montreal and Toronto. Um, That's cool. Yeah, Chicago, Milwaukee, uh, you know, a lot of Midwest and East Coast stuff. Um, yeah. It was great. It Let me tell you, man, that is the hardest tour in the world if you don't have a driver. Yeah, I, I, can't, I bet. I mean, like, it was dangerous if you didn't have a driver. Yeah, you, 
Because you guys had your own van and stuff, right? Like It was a van tour. We had a merch guy. It was the four of yeah. us. Uh, we had a merch dude, and then we had a tour manager. And, um, I mean, thank God we had those two people because, I mean, dude, you'd be up all day trying to sell, maybe taking a nap, trying to oh, sell your yeah. merch, and then playing your show, and then you'd have nine hours to drive in the middle of the night. Yeah, geez, dude, that is crazy. And everybody's, about dude, that. and everyone's been awake the entire time. Yeah. Oh, man. It's fun, but geez, dude, that's tough. <laughs> it was the most exhausting thing. I mean, by yeah. the end of it, we were all on autopilot. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, it was, you could literally fall asleep standing up. You were so tired constantly. Um, did you meet, did you get to meet any of your idols or any, any bands that? you totally looked up to oh for sure man yeah. um and you know you got i mean you got you get backstage access and that kind of stuff oh yeah right? that's everything yeah. i mean um yeah. yeah dude there were a couple of you know a couple of people who were um surprisingly really cool um yeah we were on the leg of the tour with paramore and um oh, okay one day i think me and uh, who's i with i think it was with me and my merch dude um and uh, we were just sitting down to eat lunch and uh uh, Haley from Paramore, um, like their guitar tech and like a security guard, like yeah. uh, all were getting lunch at the same time and they were just sitting down <laughs> eating lunch and, you know, she, everyone just had a cool conversation about how the tour was going, you know. Yeah, yeah that's um, cool. Yeah, the uh, Les and Jake dudes were tending bar one night oh, yeah. at the after party. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, dude, it was it was, it was awesome. a lot of fun meeting meeting some of our you know favorite bands old bands and whatnot the dudes in pepper were uh the absolute uh, coolest dudes on the planet oh that's cool i mean just the cool they were the party police like yeah if you were hanging out anywhere near their bus they'd come by and be like yo you got a beer you need a beer do you need a beer do you need to smoke you got to smoke okay what what does anyone need okay cool yeah like oh dude those dudes are so great what awesome. year was that uh 2011 2011 do you uh what other bands were on there do you remember uh, Data Remember was headlining. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, Lesson Jake, August Burns Red. Um, let's see, Poor Habit was on there. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, a bunch of bands. There's, yeah. yeah. I think I stopped going by that time. I, I can't remember when I stopped going. I went for like 16 years straight because it was so awesome. And then one year I was just like, eh, not for me anymore. Yeah, punk rock was definitely in the minority for that uh, yeah. for the year I was at. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. So, um, so your brother left the band, and then you got Blake, and then um, you guys just toured some more before you did Objector, or was that like the one? Is that what you were doing next? Uh, yeah, we. Um, what did happen after that? Um, yeah, dude, we got Blake, and uh, yeah, Objector was next up. Um, that was after we had Blake, and we didn't we didn't have a bass player when we started Objector. Uh -huh. Yeah, I just uh, actually I didn't have any songs when I started Objector. I just uh, at the beginning of January, twenty thirteen, I just went ahead and booked like three months worth of dates at yeah at uh, Screaming Leopard Studios, and. Oh, that's cool. uh, I mean, not total. It was like four days a week or something. Yeah. Three days yeah. a week. And, but it uh, just forced you to kind of write? Yeah. I knew I had material. I just didn't yeah. know. Yeah, I didn't know. It wasn't necessarily organized. 
So I gotta say, like that album, like I I listened to it again today. I mean, I've listened to it a ton, but that album rules, man. Oh, like, thanks, I was just dude. Like, Jesus, man. Like Dominoes is one of my favorite songs ever, man. Oh, thanks, that man. That was our yeah. unequivocal favorite. Like, yeah, yeah, it was really fun to write. Yeah. But I was listening to it today and just forgot how good it was and was like, Jesus, how do you even go about writing songs like that, man? Like, there's so many different parts. Like, it's, I mean, you got to have a good memory, <laughs> you know? Like, I I don't even know, you know what I mean? Like, how did you guys go about just doing it or did it just come together, you know? Uh, so this was before I started my production career. Uh-huh. Honestly, I used um, a cassette tape, uh, yeah. or no, like a, not a cassette tape, but like a field recorder. I, I tend to hear the drums while I'm writing. Yeah, yeah, and so that was. So did yeah? Did you write all those songs, or did Blake help you with those? Or? Uh, I wrote most of them. Uh, yeah, Blake wrote the music to two of them. Uh-huh. Um, and off the top of my head, I can't remember which two. Um, yeah. But it was it it was it ever you two sitting down together, like hashing out parts and stuff like that, or did you pretty much have the idea in your head and you're like, "This is what we're doing." A little bit. Um, yeah. A little bit, but not a ton. Um, yeah. Me and Blake, like for a lot of Blake songs, um, he would have he would have both guitar parts basically written out. Yeah. Um, and then I would just kind of throw in my two cents as I heard it. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of my songs, same thing. Like, or if, and Blake was such a better player than me. He still is a better player than me. But like, um, at the time, like a lot of times I would just direct a little bit for my songs. Uh-huh. Like, like, Hey, here's kind of what I'm hearing. And then he'd fiddle around and we'd find what was right. But I mean, a lot yeah. of that stuff was, I mean, like, I think, you know, most of the guitar playing on the record, I I think is me just recording the songs I was used to playing. Yeah, I got you. So how was that recording experience at Screaming Lover? Because that's the biggest studio or the nicest studio you had been to at that point, right? At the time, yeah, that was that yeah. had the best gear. Um, yeah. My good friend Paul, uh, my good friend Paul Meyer uh, recorded recorded that. He was engineering mm-hmm. the session. And uh, he was also helping with production a little bit, and then he mixed yeah. it. And uh, he's yeah. he's been my roommate for the last eight years too. So, wow. uh, so really, it was just me and him going to the studio for twelve hour days, three days a week, from I think middle of May to middle of August. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so it was basically just me and him going in there and doing what we had to do. So it was oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was super fun. And then didn't you get the blasting room to master it? Uh, yep, blasting room mastered yeah. that. They did a great job. That's they cool. really, they really put the polish on the mixes. Like they killed yeah. it. Yeah. So, so who who played the bass on that record? Uh, that is Anthony uh, Ciandella. Ciandella. Okay. I never know how to pronounce that dude's last name. <laughs> uh, from Lowbrow. Gotcha. Oh okay. Oh yeah yeah I know Lowbrow. They're yeah, cool. uh, he awesome came band. in and. Um, he came in like and did all the bass parts in, I think a day, a day and yeah. a half. Because I think it took us a while to get the bass tone, so it took a day and a half. But yeah, um, yeah, he just came in and killed it on the spot. It was awesome. That's awesome. So, yeah. so then, how did um, 
How did Ten Foot Pole come about? Was that was that any of that going on during this time or or not? No. Um Ten Foot wait, yeah, kind of. Um wait. I don't know, I'm trying to think. Yeah, because you guys didn't do anything after that, right? Like that's kind of your last I mean you have a couple singles and stuff, but That's right. Yeah, no, we um yeah, so Ten Foot Pole came right around that time. Um, we played a, sh- a backyard show where I met Del Rio and um, Chris Del Rio. Uh-huh. And he uh, used Ten Foot Pole's former bass player for uh, like 10 years or something like that. Oh, okay. And um, he had seen us play, uh, and Ten Foot Pole needed a backup guitar player at the time. Mm hmm. So he approached me about that, and um, and then eventually they needed a full-time guitar player. So I started doing that. Um, it didn't get in the way of DC Fallout uh-huh. at all. Um, it, we, Ten Foot Pole doesn't tour enough for that. Wait, Chris was in uh, Implants, right? Yeah, he was doing Implants. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's how I know that name. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it, it just, the band kind of ran its course, like... We put so much work into Objector and the tours, like, just, they, like, we'd have a couple good shows, but they, that whole tour cycle was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, it was just brutal. Yeah, I remember Brad telling me, like, how hard it was, and, yeah, it was kind of, kind of depressing. It was like, ah, man, but the album was so good, it was like, damn it, dude, all that hard work. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was like, ah. It sucked. We would, like, yeah. we had, we did so good for, the tours prior to that, like they were really well attended, well recepted, but yeah, the excitement had worn down. People weren't into it. So after putting that much work into a record and and really thinking it was cool, and then just having really bad tours, like four in a row, yeah. too. It was just four rough ones. Yeah, uh, it was kind of like, all right, I guess, yeah, I, I'm moving on. And I had ten foot pole yeah. by then, so yeah. Well, it's not a bad gig to run into. No, it's decent. So, 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 it, so uh, at first it was just uh, like part time in it, and then you became a full time member, or, or or not, or yeah, kind of. I was just I was a backup, um, you know, like basically there if someone got sick because or um, or someone couldn't make a show because their guitar player Keith at the time, I was starting to get really busy doing a DJ business, uh huh, and so. Uh, he uh you know he just needed extra time uh to go and pursue that yeah and eventually that led to you know me just taking over the reins uh full time but he still comes and jams um yeah when we play locally which is really fun so you uh you're on that album set list right yeah yeah so how did that how did that come about like did do you were you involved in like what we what they wanted to do for the next album? Because Dennis is the only original member, right? Yeah. Um, so was he like, "Hey guys, I want to do this," or was it kind of like a collective thing? Like, no, we should do this? he had an idea for it, um, uh-huh. which was we had a problem of people at shows who would be young and old fans. That, Basically, people at shows who were like who had never seen the band before, yeah. we were getting a lot of questions going like, "Well, wh- what's this song on? And what's this song on?" And they're all on different yeah. records, and they all sound totally different. And the band yeah. hasn't done anything for so long. 
right that it was like all right let's put what the band sounds like now on one record uh-huh. and sort of make it like what we're doing live um yep and uh and to be fair i actually didn't think it was a great idea uh-huh. I thought re-recording some of the old stuff was going to be received really poorly. Yeah, but uh, much to my discredit, um, <laughs> it uh, it was the exact opposite. Uh, people really yeah. it got a great response. So yeah, I mean, I, I got to be honest. When I first heard about it, I was like, oh no, man. You know, I was worried because it's kind of like what older bands do. You know, re record yep. their stuff. And I was always like a Scott Radinsky fan, you know what I mean? So I was like, I don't know. But then uh, I've been listening to it this week, and I'm like, Jesus, dude, I'm always wrong about stuff. That album's awesome, man. Like, it sounds so good. And it's just like, okay, these songs translate really well. Yeah. And I, I mean, honestly, it was, it was, I was dead wrong. I was arguing against it, but um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no shame in that. Cause, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, no shame in that. So, where'd you guys record that? Uh, that was with Kyle Black at his old studio. Who's who is Kyle Black? Is he famous? Like, should I know who he is? Uh, he has quite the roster of uh, yeah. bands that he's produced. Um, I think, uh, I think Chunk, no Captain Chunk. Uh, okay. He's done. Um, Maybe like Amnity Affliction or something like that. Um, yeah, he's. I'll he, look him up for sure. Yeah, he's he's worth a look up. He, um, I think he did. Oh, he did Strung Out. Um, I think Transmission oh, okay. Delta or um, or wow. he did the Contender record. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, he's One got a yeah, he's he's got a really good uh, really good resume. Was that in L.A.? Yeah, that was at his studio, his old studio in North Hollywood. Oh, okay, how was that? Like, was that the best studio that you'd been to? At that point, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, okay, that's cool. So it was like super exciting. Like, oh, yeah, dude, it's happening. Yeah, it was, um, I mean, yeah, it was exciting. But at that point, uh, you know, at that point, it was so, it was kind of just, just work. Like, it was, yeah, uh, yeah, just, you know, had, it was cool to, um, it was cool to actually lay down, uh, some really great guitars guitar mm -hmm. tones on some really great gear i really enjoyed yeah. that and he had some really great ideas um and i still use some of his tricks for producing guitar players to this day so yeah, yeah he's great so there's two new tracks on that record right mm -hmm. and uh did you help write those uh yeah i wrote uh yeah. the music for scars oh okay and um it's awesome i didn't do anything on the other one i think no no i think i maybe like had a had a like an idea here or there but nothing significant yeah so, um how 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 was the tour uh, i mean 10 foot pole i mean jesus to me they're you know they're legends you know what i mean it's like to me you being in this band i'm like holy crap you know like i actually know somebody that's in 10 foot <laughs> pole so to me it's like it's awesome. So I mean, I know some of these questions might be lame, but dude, no, dude. I think it's totally badass. Like, yeah, it's, it's awesome. cool, dude. I that yeah. I'm never, I never, uh, yeah, I try to. It's hard to it's hard to describe. Um, yeah, because I mean, you know, I listened to I think Unleashed was not even I think I know Unleashed was a record I was into. Yeah, um, 
back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I was into Rev. Yeah. yeah, see, that's the thing. So I never knew really Rev uh, with the yeah. Scott Radinsky tempo pool. I really only knew it yeah. with Dennis. Um, yeah. So to me, it was like it was always the same thing. Um, yeah, man, it's a lot of know, fun. I didn't even know Dennis was part of the band on those first two albums. I, I didn't even know that until today. I looked it up, and I'm like, Jesus, man, I do not know enough about Tempo Pole. Yeah, he uh, he wrote a lot of the music, on the or a lot of the songs, actually. Um, he's ba- I think he was their principal songwriter, basically the whole the whole uh, Scott Radinsky phase, too. Yeah, I didn't even know he was in Scared Straight with him. Yep, absolutely. It's weird. Absolute beginning. Weird, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Yeah. So, but the 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 touring's been good. Like, oh I yeah, saw you guys went through Canada and then you know a bunch of bunch of dates, man. Yeah, oh, and you went to Europe too, didn't you? Uh, we were at Euro- we were in Europe. Uh, I think twenty, like fourteen, couple of years ago, oh. or twenty fifteen, oh, gotcha. maybe. Yeah. Um, we were just in. Um, uh, let's see, we were in Quebec for two weeks, and then we did some U.S. and did the rest of Canada. It was like 70 dates with the uh, acoustic tour included. Oh, cool. Um, it was great. We Overall, we got a pretty good reception. Um, yeah. Some some places were, like, better attended than others. Uh, the Canadian yeah. dates, especially any dates in Quebec, any dates in yeah. Quebec. Um, yeah. I mean, that, that that province is just ridiculously fun to play in. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, how was uh, how was that the Las Vegas show at Evil Pie? That teeny little uh, stage. It was a teeny stage. Uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, it was. I love that place. Oh, dude, it's, it's great. Just a little. It's a little awkward to play sometimes, but dude, it's totally awkward. But that's fine. It's nothing that we haven't done a thousand times before. You know. Yeah. So yeah, uh, um, dude, the show was TJ great. At- yeah, TJ asked me to make the flyer for that show. I'm like, hell yeah, dude! Football, <laughs> dude. I remember, yeah. dude. It was it was a fun time, man. We had yeah. um, we had a great time. I saw you. Know, Dustin came out too. Uh, Hoots, who's a good buddy of mine. Um, yeah, that's cool. And uh, yeah, dude, it was it was rad. It was a fun show. Yeah. So, are you guys like you gonna work? Are you working on new material for Ten Foot Pole? We have a new record almost done. Yeah. Um, and how much yeah. of the songwriting process is is you? Um, I think I wrote one track on there, uh, mm-hmm. more or less front to back with the melodies yeah. and lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, Dennis uh, kind of uh, came at the lyrics with me. Um, yeah. And then um, I have little bits and pieces in other songs, basically just yeah. little creative yeah. hits here and there, but most oh, of it's cool. Dennis. Yeah. So, yeah. Where and where you guys? Where did you guys record that? That was in uh, Validus Studios, which I, it's been na- uh, it's in Validus Studios, which is being named to, uh, Crush, renamed. Sorry, uh, Crush oh, Recording okay. um, with Ryan gotcha. Green. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, where Ryan that's Green, cool. uh, yeah, and myself exactly. work out of actually. Really? So yeah, that's so yeah. So that's your studio. You share it with Ryan Green. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dude, that is awesome. Yeah, Ryan Green of all of Fat Records in the 90s, Ryan Green. Yeah, it's pretty rad. I, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um I mean, he's That's got cool. his he's got some platinum records on the wall and and uh, some really cool stuff that just is kind of pretty good inspiration every time you're walking into work. So, wow. So, you you like you're recording bands and producing stuff right now. Absolutely. That's awesome. That's, and how I love it. and how are you like you're trying to make that 
your uh, your gig or what? Yeah, man. Uh, it's I mean, I enjoy it. It's um, I've just had so much studio experience that I realized a couple of years ago that like I I really love spending time in studios and I really yeah. I really love mixing and yeah. and I love recording and I just wanted yeah. to start doing it more so. I had I actually had a band hit me up and go uh, just out of the blue go like hey you record bands right and I'm just like well <laughs> yeah I guess I could record a band <laughs> um, yeah. and uh, and then I just started basically learning from there. That's cool, man. So is there um, can you tell me anybody you've worked on? Or? Yeah, I'm working with a band right now from Denver called The Center. Um, um, they're really cool. Um, sort of indie rock uh yeah. rock and roll band um i'm working with a band out of la called mix kid fridays um okay. and they are awesome they're like yeah. uh i don't know they're cool think like a, a weezer but a little more modern a little heavier and um kind of willing to go in really wacky routes uh yeah so they're super fun to do music for i'm working on their record right now that's um, cool. Yeah, a couple singer-songwriters, a pop artist named Roxy Renee, um, mm -hmm. uh, another dude named Claiborne Morton, who um, uh, who is an acoustic singer-songwriter, and my boy Seth Richard, who is uh, playing bass for Tampa Pole. I worked on. I'm working on his acoustic stuff too. So oh, okay, it's totally right. How did how did the studio with Ryan like come about? Uh, I was recording the Ten Foot record, um, the newest yeah. one last year. And um, I was in there doing uh, rhythm guitar tracks, and uh, he just, we just started talking about uh, production and about um, just, you know, music in general, and we got along real well. And yeah. um, he uh, mentioned on like the third session or something, he mentioned that he might be looking for someone to um, hop in the studio with him. And uh, so I, w I was like, hey, how about, how about I do that? <laughs> And, uh, That's awesome. And so then I just started. Uh, I moved out all my stuff in from there. So wow. That's cool. So you had your own little studio before that. Yeah. That you were working on stuff. Yeah, it's a project studio out of my apartment. Um, yeah. Yeah, which is it's. It was like a, totally capable, but yeah, you know, not. You know, you got to set up a sound booth in my living room. Yeah. With a yeah. bunch of sound walls, I don't have. You know, yeah, not good. Yeah, it's just not as good as going <laughs> into an awesome live room. Yeah, so. so that's cool. So is is um is Ryan there? Like to like, are you getting pointers from you know this huge dude that's been in our lives? <laughs> yeah, figuratively and physically, the dude's like the dude's like six foot five. Um, oh, really? Yeah, he's huge. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, uh, he listens to, uh, anything I want him to. That's um, awesome. yeah. So if I want to show him a mix and see, uh, see how I could do better, how I could do pointers, he, um, yeah. he's right there. I mean, he'll, uh, he's shown me a lot of really, really cool stuff. And, um, yeah, by and large, I'm just, I'm just working, you know, he's got his time. I got my time. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, whenever I want him to listen to something, um, yeah. he's right there for it. Yeah, dude, he's That's awesome. And then, like, can you use his gear and stuff like that, or is it like, oh yeah, off limit? No, oh, yeah. dude, I That's use awesome. all that stuff. Yeah. God, that's so rad. Now I want to come record there. <laughs> it's pretty great, dude. Got a, <laughs> I mean, it's I never, you know, 
I come up in the in the digital hybrid world. Yeah. So it's really cool to be on, you know, a Neve console and yeah. and then have an have an entire have racks and racks of compressors and analog yeah. EQs and stuff. It's really God, great. It's amazing, dude. Yeah, it's awesome. And just having and just having a guy that's that good kind of at your fingertips, you know, oh, yeah. like asking advice and stuff. I mean, that's huge, dude. That's For sure. Huge. He's I mean, in the yeah. last year I've learned more about mixing than I have, you know, all before that. So it's God, that's amazing, dude. That's it's been so great. Cool. Um, so, uh, Ten Foot Pole is going to come out with a new album in 2019 this year. Yep, 2019. I don't uh, cool. know the details on it yet. We have yeah. the bass guitar is uh, being recorded, I think, right now with Little Joe yeah. from uh, Lagwagon. Oh, cool. And um, and yeah, I. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, it should be ready. We're basically done with everything else. I'm going to go in. Um, after my little work trip here, I'm going to go in and um, uh, do some top layer guitars and some solo yeah. stuff, and that'll pretty much be it. Do you think? Uh, do you think DC Fallout is going to do anything else, or DC Fallout? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm always going to release music under yeah. DC Fallout. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll be able to find new stuff from that periodically on Spotify, um, you know, and, and all the other outlets for a while. Um, yeah. I'm working on an EP right now, mm-hmm. um, fi- a five or six song concept EP, uh, just kind of to, just for, for my kicks and giggles. I, I you know, yeah. it, it's pretty totally. funny when you want, when like, I no longer am trying to make a band marketable at all. I can kind of just do right. whatever the hell I want to do. So yeah. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. great in that regard. Yeah, that's awesome. So hopefully I get that out in 2019. Um, yeah. We'll see. It depends on the production schedule. So, Yeah. So do you ever, like, sit and think about, like, holy crap, this is what I'm doing. Like, I moved to L.A. I'm in 10-foot pole. You know, you share a space with a legend. Like, do you ever try to pinch yourself and you're like, what the hell? Honestly, dude, not often enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> I yeah. I wish that like I wish that I should probably take a step back and yeah. more often and and be aware of of the cool things that I've been able to do. Yeah. Um I think I think living in it, it you just don't realize it cuz I do the same thing, you know what I mean? It's just like other people yeah. look at it from the outside and are like blown away, but you don't really you don't really feel that. But I'm blown away, dude. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Dude, it's easy to miss. I'll be the first one to admit that it's easy to miss the forest for the trees sometimes. Yeah, um, absolutely, man. And, like, and you know, a lot of times, like, especially in a city like Los Angeles, you're so worried about trying to, to pay all your bills and trying yeah. to, you know, trying to get new clients and whatnot that a lot of times yeah, it's man. like, yo, dude, take a step back. You're doing some fun stuff that, you know, you yeah. might not have think, you know, might not have thought you ever would have done. Right. Um, and it really is cool. Uh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I don't regret having moved there ever. And, you know, it's the only way it could have worked out. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, so. I appreciate you talking to me, dude. And uh, Yeah, man. I, uh, I think that the stuff that you're doing is, is, is awesome. I thought, you know, 10-foot pole re, re-recording wasn't a good idea, but I've absolutely changed my mind. That album's awesome. 
cool, and, uh, dude. That's I mean, yeah. thanks, man. That's yeah. Again, I love yeah, I love cool. being proven wrong on that. <laughs> yeah, I usually am wrong about stuff too, so I, I know I know what you're saying. Yeah, I got that going. <laughs> that was an awesome interview. I had a good time talking to Scott. Thank you, Scott. I met Scott. Uh, a little, I don't even know, maybe five years ago, maybe more than that. But I remember getting into this band, DC Fallout, that I saw live and thought, geez, these guys are really good. I think we, I played with them when I was in Surrounded by Thieves. And um, remember my buddy Brad moved to L.A. and he was uh, looking at Craigslist and he's like, hey, man, there's this band that needs a bass player. And uh, it turn, turns out it was DC Fallout. And Brad was like, dude, it's DC fall. I'm like, you've got to get into that band. They are so good, man. And he worked and worked and worked and, uh, eventually got into that band. And, uh, we played a few shows together and I would follow, you know, Brad and his voyages when they went on tour and, uh, kind of knew Scott that way. And, you know, talked to him a bit and, uh, um, remember playing a show at the, uh, artistic armory in, in Vegas. And it was just like this all ages, artist place and it was just one of the funnest shows and I was just like I'm so happy that I've met people like this in my life and uh, I'm just kind of in shock that I know somebody in 10 foot pole to me yeah to you the listener you might not care but to me it's huge 10 foot pole is you know a huge influence in on me although I, I totally dig Scott Radinsky um, he, he went on to form pulley after 10 foot pole but 10-foot pole was such a big part of my life, and now I know somebody in that band. So, 